chini ya mbuyu things happen to people differently and it's okay it's okay sharing our stories our experiences, our experiences. Mm-hmm. and we are not uh, editing anything we really want to speak to to the girl to the girl chini ya mbuyu Thank you for joining us for another episode of our podcast Chini Ambuyu. We have had such an amazing time getting feedback from all of you and we do hope that you continue to love the sound of our voices. We are still unsure but we love our content. So today in studio we are joined by a teacher. I am a teacher's child. I don't know what the stereotype is out there. I know about pastors kids uh, for teachers I can promise you I was beaten. It shows. <laughs> It shows. So, now let's just dive into the conversation. One of the greatest and biggest issues right now in Kenya is young girls in schools either access to education, uh staying in school, dropping out of school, the transitions are getting broken, and one of the biggest issues we have right now is teen pregnancy. So, why we thought to have this conversation with the teacher is because we often love to think we know but half the time we really don't and uh we believe that mwalimu you have experienced this i'm i'm sure you've led classes that had girls who are pregnant and the one thing we really want to know is are we channeling resources to the wrong places so let's speak a little bit about you know teen pregnancy in schools what's your take what do you think would be a better or rather you know plausible solution Uh, thank you uh, for inviting me here Karibu. to be part of you and to be part of this discussion. Yes. I love your work. I love your investment in the girl child. Uh, what I can say is that um, our schools uh, have a main agenda of uh, giving a child a holistic education. Yet this holistic education uh, is, uh, has a lot of challenges. And one of the main challenges is actually what is facing our young girls the early pregnancies the teenage pregnancies mm. it is a real challenge that we are having in our schools mm. among our girls yeah yes have you had the experience of having a girl in your class or in any of the schools that you've taught through the years you know get pregnant and what have you seen people do because there's a lot of stigma around it you know so what what has been your experience as a teacher One thing we have in our in our portfolio in the policy is that girls have been allowed to go back to school once yes. they get uh, after they have delivered. Mm-hmm. But I want to say that it has not been easy because uh, for example I want to give an example of this year alone. So far since I started the beginning of the year I have lost eight girls to teenage pregnancy. And I have dealt with it. It has made me cry. It has made me devastated. Uh, I do not want, know what to do about them. But it it is not easy. So that is a real challenge. The girls that I have had experience, direct experience this year, have actually been a very devastating experience. Would you attribute those pregnancies to COVID? You know, to the period when girls were home for quarantine, schools were closed? Uh, yes and no. Yes because uh, the the children the, the children have been very idle. Mm. And the parents have become a working uh, we are working parents and therefore they are mostly at home alone. Mm. Again because uh, they lack the information. They don't have knowledge on their sexuality. Mm. They are learning information from technology, from the TV, and therefore majority of them want to practice what they are learning through their social media yeah what they are watching what they are watching yeah 
And therefore, we are saying that majority of these things, we can actually attribute them to lack of information. For me, I take it as lack of information, ignorance. And the fact, ignorance in the part of the parent, ignorance in the part of the child, mm. and uh, basically lack of adequate information. The question of sexuality scares a lot of parents mm. and teachers. We've had conversations with teachers who are saying, we're not equipped to have that conversation. So as a practitioner in that space, what can we do to help you or support you to be able to support these teenagers? Because we've been talking about sex ever since I was a teenager, which mm-hmm. was a long time ago. But it should have happened before, though. It should have happened before. <laughs> and a lot of the things that I learned, unfortunately, I either learned in university mm-hmm. or I learned in the workspace. So what can we do to support teachers? And also, is that anxiety that parents have that you know when we bring when you talk about sexuality we're going to be teaching our kids how to have sex so what can we what can we do as a teacher i think that uh, comprehensive sex education is actually uh, a basic need for our girl child mm. and even our boy child because um, when we sensitize the society on what comprehensive sex education is they will own the program because comprehensive sex education comprises not about sex in sexual intercourse, but it is about the sexual knowledge as a holistic bit. First of all, that child will understand herself, True. her reproduction, yeah. her puberty, mm. her sexual orientation, mm. her gender, and he or she will appreciate herself. Yeah. That is part of the first the comprehensive sex education mm-hmm. and the human development. Yeah. So when a child gets to learn that at an early age, then you are able to make sober decisions. It's true. Through comprehensive sex education, we'll be able to learn about how to deal with the society, mm-hmm. how to deal with the gender, I mean with culture, that what are your gender roles? in the society as a girl. As I listen to you speaking, um, you've outlined like, you know, the merits of taking young girls and boys in schools through comprehensive sex education. Government provides that to a good extent. There's a curriculum, we know that, there is their policies, etc., etc. I think my question then is, who would you say is best placed to teach this curriculum? Because the way I remember it, when I was in primary school, even high school really, the last person I needed to talk to me about sex was my mother or father mm-hmm. or teacher. Mm-hmm. Those three people are just ex. I don't want to hear it. I'm sorry. I don't even want to imagine what you could possibly tell me. What's your take? What have you seen happening? <laughs> remember we are saying that uh, this comprehensive sex education mm-hmm. is, is, is related to sex, sexuality values, beliefs around sex and sexuality yes and therefore we are saying that we have different stakeholders that can take part to this mm. remember even the bible says mm. that the father is a commander mm. but the mother is a teacher Mm. If you read your Proverbs chapter 6, verse yes. 22, around 23, yes. and the child is told, keep to your father's commands mm. and do not forsake your mother's teachings. Mm. So, uh, initially, the mother is supposed to be the teacher. In the African tradition, the mothers and our grandmothers used to be the teachers of these things in different ways. Yeah, And therefore, 
teaching is has been continuous yeah but yeah. remember that has ended has gone changing because of the emerging issues in the society and the technology such that now our most of our mothers are working me and you and the rest we are mm-hmm. we are working True. so we don't have much time with mm-hmm. the child yeah. uh the school now has been left to be the teacher has only been left to be like the the only person who is supposed to take yeah. all those things yeah i feel like uh, the environment of the teacher teaching uh, mathematics and teaching english mm-hmm. does not create a very conducive environment for the same teacher to start telling you going to tell the girls and you know you have to take care you have to tighten your panty mm. and you know it, it looks like we have some conflicts yes most of what we teach are the outcomes of sex education mm. you will get pregnant yes when you get pregnant you you will take care of your child yeah but we are not telling them the basics how do you prevent yourself from it. Yeah, how do not get let them understand their morphology, their body. Mm-hmm. So that after they understand, then they are able to go to the next stage. Yeah. What can happen to this organ if it is touched? Mm-hmm. And so on and so on. Until yeah. when you get to maybe to the grade where now you are supposed to know you know that your body has started changing biologically and physically and therefore if we allow a young man to touch you you will feel nice mm. you know we avoid to tell them that yeah and we are telling them don't do sex mm. and we know very very well at that age you will be touched and the body will feel nice that's what the body wants that's yeah. what the body wants yeah and therefore you need to tell them the truth but when you have not been told then you will start going to the social media and majority of them wanajikuta wakiwatch this programs about sexuality. Mm. So what will they do when they get there? Yeah. They get the wrong information. Yeah. So one thing that anchored me as you are speaking is the mm. question of human development and that censoring of information from children. Mm. So we don't tell them that <laughs> sex feels good. Mm. And then they feel like, oh, if I go to the social media, Facebook, some hidden group somewhere, this Facebook group is telling me that actually it feels good and your parents mm. don't want you to know yeah. because they are denying you this enjoyment. Yeah. So I think that that thing of give children information so they can make informed decisions yes. is such a powerful and 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 strong point and it's actually the case for for comprehensive sex education. Absolutely. Yeah, so I just thought about what they structures do we need in place? Yeah. From government, from yeah. parents, from teachers. Yeah. to make sure that we are not just having nice fancy policies that are sitting at MOE mm. or wherever. Mm. Yeah. We have a few challenges and one of the challenge is that our government has the best policies on paper. But the implementation in my perspective is not uh, very very effective. Mm. Because sometimes policies are made top to bottom. Yeah. Yet the stakeholders, the most important stakeholders are from bottom to top because we are the consumers and the consumers are the ones who dictate what we need to eat. Or what we need to consume yes therefore i would wish that the government may make their policies based on the information that they have got from the mm. consumers so that they can customize the policies according to the needs of the consumer yeah 
who are uh, the children now. I would wish also to say that uh, the government should train the educators of comprehensive sex education. They sensitize the teachers. All teachers do counseling. So the government should work on sensitizing the teachers. Now, the other people that need to be sensitized are the children themselves. That this is not, it is for your own good. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think that actually has been the missing link because, like you said, this policymakers, we go out there, we lobby, we create these policies, they come, they sit in government. Yeah. But nobody takes the initiative to say, okay, let's bring teachers together. Mm. Let's bring parents together. Mm. Let's bring chiefs, religious leaders. Mm. Let's educate them on what this thing is. Society has a role to play. I think all those stakeholders are very key. The one thing that is very clear to uh, hear and even understand off of what you said is that not everybody's been plugged into the conversation and at the right time. Uh, you see, in planning, we usually say that uh, unless people... Mm-hmm own yes. a project mm. it doesn't go far it's true ownership is key then we need to bring our heads together yeah own this and then we accept mm. we then adjust yes and then we advance and that will only work in my opinion if we start this uh, comprehensive sex education from zero mm. I don't know how, mm. but the curriculum should start from zero so that f- right f- when a child starts knowing that she exists, yeah. then she starts understanding mm. she exists and part of her existence in, is in her sexuality mm. and therefore she needs to learn, understand uh, so that she can be able to know, to take care of herself. What are the other life outcomes that are impacted by becoming a young mother? It means your education is delayed. Mm-hmm. It if means, not cut. If not cut. Yeah. It means the jobs that you can access are limited by virtue of this thing. It means yeah. that even if you do get a job, yes. you have to first think about your reproductive roles. Mm-hmm. Whereas the boy who got you pregnant mm-hmm. or the man who got you pregnant, mm-hmm. their life continues. Their life continues. Yeah, so I think you raise a, a very important point of that removing that stigma from women to say that oh this this is now your mistake as the mother you mm. failed because it's it's a systemic it's a systemic issue, issue. Yeah. what is the process for girls to report when they are pregnant what is the process well the government has a policy okay in relation to the pregnancies yes before we used to, uh, when the girl gets uh, pregnant, we just tell them to go home and they go and stay at home. Mm. But now the government came, came up with a policy. Mm. We are not supposed to send them away mm. until maybe they are not, they are, they are now the pregnancy They're almost is due. Yes. yes. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know how I feel about, you know, kids being asked to go home when it's visible. Because in my take, I'm thinking even teachers get pregnant. And they come to school sometimes up to month nine. So I think there needs to be a policy that's more clearly and well articulated of you learn you're pregnant, you do this. I think that needs to be there so that girls know where to go, you know, because sometimes I'll think my English teacher is better to tell until it's time for me to go to my parents. And when I go there, I go alone. The major handicap is usually the, the, the government policy and the constitution mm. and the rules and regulations that are set yeah. by the government regarding those children. 
and regarding the, the, the school environment. Because one is that you cannot expel a child. It is only the cabinet secretary who is a, who can expel a student. Oh, I did not know that. Yes, <laughs> the child cannot be wow. expelled. These days, you even suspension is illegal. It's almost Ooh. illegal, even for bad behavior. Oh my God! And <laughs> wow. and uh, I should have been in school this, now. <laughs> Now would have been a Again, good time to be in the school. children cannot be killed. Corporal punishment went. Yeah, that one we thank God for. Personally, uh-huh. I think that it should have been a policy should have come and made it in a way it it lessens yes. the magnitude. I agree. But the Bible says you spare the road. You, you spoil, spoil the, the child. child. So we are seeing that the teachers' hands are tied. Mm by the rules and regulations governing the education system. Yeah. Well, a home without a girl is like a river, like without, a river a without a source. What are say your closing remarks, your parting shots? My parting shot uh, would be that comprehensive sex education should have started yesterday. It is a critical area that is going to help not only our girl child but the society at large. It has immense private and social benefits for all of us. Thank you so much for being our source today. It's been amazing. I think we have learned so much, you know, and I think you had something to say to everybody. You've made us think deeper in terms of even the support that yeah. these girls need yeah. during and after, and after pregnancy. Yeah. And, mm. and I think that's that's really, really powerful. That's big, yeah.